Hello, hello, this is Tracy Harrell, and welcome to Bigger Than Me. Each week, we focus on how to achieve your definition of success and happiness. On Bigger Than Me, we bring together a combination of ageless wisdom, the latest research, and engaging interviews with amazing people who are sharing their stories to help each of us achieve our full potential. Your journey to transformation begins right now. Let's do this. Harrell and I am so excited today. I, honestly, this I love what I'm doing. I love this work. And you know, we're doing, we do these live shows. It's being amplified in books that we're writing, which is super exciting. And so one of the chapters that we're writing about is relationships. And so I have one of my oldest friends on, Miss LaShonda Duhart, who was with us in our last session. And uh, LaShonda Duhart, introduce yourself real quick. I'm LaShonda Duhart. Would you like to introduce yourself? <laughs> <laughs> because she's like, I just want to be in the background. Because most of today's show is going to be about Debrina Jackson Gandy. Debrina Jackson Gandy is literally one of my favorite people. And today, Debrina's going to talk about Love Academy, an intensive transformational workshop that she produces. And she's going to give us some of those uh, points of clarity. And we're going to ask a few questions, but we're going to let her share some of her lessons learned about the lies that we've been told and some of the things that we can do to really have loving relationships. So, Ms. Debrina, why don't you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit more about Love Academy. Ooh, well, I am just really delighted uh, to be back again. Thank you so much. Amazing, amazing, incredible, Tracy. Um, but yes, one of the lanes that got added to my life highway was relationship coaching. And it actually got added back in 2009 when I first debuted the Love Academy with a small group of friends in my living room after coming through a really powerful personal transformation journey around relationship. And as a result of my marriage, uh, crashing, burning, and almost becoming a divorce statistic. And <clears throat> the Holy Spirit literally led me through a process. And this goes back about 15 years ago, but at that time led me through a process that ended up having me be a completely different Debrina and my and me transform and then as a result my marriage went from about to be a, dis, a divorce statistic and hobbling along to being renewed transformed better than ever and what i call a juicy love relationship and so that's what i teach in love academy is the profound insights and downloads that i received <clears throat> excuse me and was given um, during that really powerful time that really challenged um, the faulty, flawed programming that is so much a part of our pop culture and our pop religious culture. And so Love Academy is the place and space where I have a chance to introduce women. Um, I also have courses for men only. This is the woman only course. Uh, I have a chance to introduce women to begin to introduce them to this new paradigm that creates juicy relationships and marriages. Now, what, what I love about this, there's a couple of things that, um, and I love it. So we're going to go, we're going to get right into it. We're not going to even play around because you're an expert. <laughs> and so we're not going to play around, right? We're just going to get to it. So I know that Lashada Duhart and I, we, we, we have some scenarios okay. as well, right? Um, of individuals and we'd love to get your thoughts on sure. some uh, specific opportunities right okay. and, and, and you've shared this with me before and i found it really transformational so we're just going to get right into it so your love academy isn't just for people that people in married relationships you also focus on um you know people that are in relationships that are not outside of marriage single and married women right? single and married women single and married. just as my book the love lies is for single and married women yes i love that and so what's, when is the next session? Let's just start with that too. When, when, when can people sign up for the full intensive? Because this is just going to be some introduction information. Let's put that out there early in this conversation, not wait till the Wonderful. end. Well, I, you know, what started with the live intensives eventually became 
you know, the book. And ordinarily, it's the opposite sequence. You have a book and then you start to do life teaching around it. So the life teaching is what gave rise to the book. So normally, the Love Academy is a full day intensive that I've done in 25 cities around the country. It starts at nine, goes to five. And so now, since it's in a virtual format for the first time via Zoom, it's going to be over two Saturdays. So Saturday, October 3rd, Saturday, October 10th. And if you're on the East Coast, it's 12 to 3 on the 3rd, and it's 12 to 3 on the 10th. And that translates into 9 to 12 both days if you're on the West Coast. So um, yes, we're going to convert it into a virtual format. And I have no doubts it will be any less powerful, uh, mind-blowing, and eye-opening. I love that. Saturday, October 3rd. I'm taking notes. <laughs> Saturday, October 3rd and 10th. And you said 9 to 12 Pacific Standard Time, which would be 12 to 3. Is that what I heard? You got it. And, PST. you know, the full right. details are at milliondollarmentor.net. And right there on the homepage, they will see the button to get all the details um, for Love Academy. And actually, registration still open for a few more days. I love it. And it's Love Academy 101. So you also have 201. Is that correct? Right. 201 is the advanced course. You have to have come through 101 to be eligible to sign up for 201. And 201 really deals more so with the third part of the Love Lies book that talks about healing, detoxing, and forgiveness work. So in 201, one of the things we do as a group, most people have never had a facilitated forgiveness process they've been led through and certainly not done it um, in a group, that is part of um, what we do in 201. We don't talk about we need to heal, we do some healing work. Mm. And I have to be honest, um, I didn't, this concept of healing work was like, what do we have to heal about, right? Until really? I did, like I participated really? in one of your activate sessions. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, For yeah. Sure, 100%. Okay. hundred percent. Okay. Like I had no idea, right. That I needed to heal anything. Cause we just, you know, we keep it moving, right. We, you know how we do. We don't know that there's anything to heal until you really start having conversations and honest conversations, right. With yourself and really asking the right questions. So I, what I would love for you to do is just kind of get to some, 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 um, specific, things that someone who's in a relationship right now, that maybe it's loving, but they're not feeling fulfilled. They're not getting everything out of it that they want. What would be the first thing you would ask or have them to explore? Or what would you share for someone who might be in that position? We're not going to go to tragic relationships. We're going to get there in a minute because we do have some conversations about people who are close to being divorced. But just say you're in a relationship and I'm happy, but maybe I'm not getting everything I want. I, I feel like I'm a new, you know, what would you yeah. share? So that's interesting how you language that. I'm not getting everything I want, which actually reveals one of the love lies because pop culture tells us that you have a list and on that list is the requirements, yes, requirements for the one or Mr. Right or the soulmate. And we head out on a hunt to find the one who has the requirements or most of them so we can get what we want. So the whole model is warped by design because love isn't gotten from someone because what is the getting it? What's the we want? It's love. And so one of the main love lies is that love is found outside of us in another person that meets these requirements as if he's a commodity and a thing. And when I find the one, then I will have the love that I am looking for. That is the... Um, that is the plot line of every chick flick, every romantic comedy, every Barbara, um, Cartland, Harlequin romance based on faulty, flawed foundation by design. Another um, love lie that we operate from, and even those of us who, who our ego tries to convince us that we're not, you just listen to our language and watch our behavior over time and you will see that it's absolutely aligned with the love lies, the false, flawed, faulty, foundational beliefs that are false that have been 
installed starting at a very, very young age. And my research actually shows age three and four is where it begins. Another one of the love lies is that a man completes me. And this is really perpetuated um, in the religious world, though it is completely not consistent with scripture. And so many of us are on the hunt to be completed by another human being, which was never the assignment of another person to try to complete another human. And so often again, because we're looking to get from the other that which we see is missing in self, again, a warped foundational lie, it sets us up for constant chasing, constant striving, constant disappointment, constant frustration, because we're not getting what we want from the other person. So <clears throat> those are a couple of the love lies that are in the fiber of our programming and social conditioning. And then there's a whole set of behaviors and ways we act and interact and relate based on just those two. Now there's 10 female love lies that I talk about in uh, my book. There's more than 10, but there's more than 10 love lies. But even just those two, love is found out there somewhere in a hymn and a man completes me, just those two alone, you can see the pathology that comes out of those. And hence, US, the US having the highest divorce rate and the most deplorable success rates worldwide in love relationships and marriage. I, I I I love I love everything you're saying. I, that's all I can say is because what I what I really love about this is you're 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 addressing some of those falsities that have really shaped what people believe. And when you believe a certain thing, that means you act a certain way, right? And you're basically saying, let's change what we believe. Let's have a true paradigm shift. Let's refocus on what is going to help us to be happiest. What do you hear from people most in your one-on-one -on -one sessions? Like, what do you hear from women as their, their biggest complaint? Or even from men, when you do the male sessions, what do you hear from people that they want and or need from you? What do you find that people don't even know that they want or need that you're well, like, hey, here's... I will say where's, where's the, the condition? So with married folk, 99.9999% of the time, we have reduced marriage to living like roommates. The passion, mm. <clears throat> the passion is dried up. We think we know the other person. The familiarity breeds contempt. There's things that we appreciate and like about them, but then the list of what's irritating us is probably longer. Um, we're critical in our minds. Our hearts are partially closed to each other, but we are carrying on taking care of the business of the relationship and the children and the household. That is the majority of marriages, especially after year seven to 10. You get into double digits and unfortunately, what I just described is the unfortunate reality of too many of our marriages. Then wow. for single women, especially professional single women, which are the ones that, you know, professionals are the ones who are attracted to my work, um, highly evolved, professional, spiritually aware folk, um, you find just as much frustration, but it's because they have bought the lie that there's no good men or the men that I meet say, I don't seem like I need a man or I'm too independent, whatever that's supposed to mean, or they're intimidated by my success, or I can attract them, but I don't know how to keep them. The, those are the patterns and the challenges and the frustrations that women come to the Love Academy with, uh, by and large. Um. And what's so powerful is the 10 foundational female love lies apply whether you're single or married, because the installation of them started at such a young age, pre any kind of salvation decision you consciously made in church. So pre-religious and Christian teachings, whatever your faith orientation is, pre even your first day in kindergarten, the, the roots of the love lies run deep and are deep. So, um, so it's regardless of whether you're single or married, you've been infected and need wow. decreasing. Um, so, love line number eight, uh, especially rampant in marriages, HSAK syndrome. He should already know. Rampant. Wow. As one of the love lies. 
Can you can you please say that again? Because Miss Lashonda Duhar, actually, I'm text. I'm, I'm actually making a note of that as well. But that was one of the things that we talked about in the last session. He should already know. H-S-A-K. Syndrome, yes. So let's 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 go a little deeper then on that one. For those people who think he should already know, I remember telling my sister this. She was, she was married for, I think she'd probably been married for about maybe 10, 15 years at that point. And she used to always complain about her husband who never, you know, she's like, she, she never had the perfect birthday or the birthday that she wanted to have with all the elements in it. I'm like, are you making it very clear what you want? Are you identifying the restaurant, the time you're going to leave, what he needs to do? Like, like at the end of the day, you know, I think this idea of hoping and wishing that someone's going to bring a Harlequin romance style, you know, birthday to you without you articulating your needs is, is a challenge in a number of different ways. But what do you share with women it's about articulating what you want? We need to get rid of needs. That's operating on deficiency. So let's use the language right. of wants, preferences, desires. Love so that. what often happens when we move from being single to being married, or we move from not being in a love relationship to being in one, is that we don't usually upgrade our communication skill level. And you need a completely different level of skill if you want to effectively communicate and be understood by a man. So in our woman-to-woman -woman interactions and based upon how we're socialized and how communication, uh, the style and ways of using communication that are very first nature to women, I call that womanese. But what happens in most cases is we're speaking womanese to the men in our lives. Womanese, there's a lot of implying, inferring, drop, hint dropping, and being indirect. Wow. I'm taking notes. I'm taking notes because that is good. Womanese. Can you say that again? Yeah, we please? imply, we infer, we're indirect, we drop hints. And those are all the things that drive the male spirit crazy because in their world, they appreciate you being literal and direct and embedding an action in the communication because the male spirit's looking to take action. And so one of the communication muscles that I have to teach women how to develop is making requests. We, in our woman-to-woman -woman communication, we don't make requests. We drop hints, we imply, and our, the, the woman we're interacting with is connecting dots in her head. It drives men crazy. That's why often men will say, just tell me, just tell me. Or, or, or they won't say that. They, they won't, because that, that's implying that they don't know. That's their implying, right? If a man is, is evolved enough to say, just tell me what you want, because I don't get it. Right, I think that's in itself a probably level of evolution that many, well, many are not at. Said, Tell me, but women have also been trained to disregard communication coming from <laughs> men. So men speak in shorter sound bites. So they've often said, tell me, and they may have only said it twice, but because it got ran over, dismissed, not taken seriously, because it was just two words and not a whole narrative, um, it got dismissed. But most men have said, tell me. They mm. have said, tell me. Yeah. But wow, they I love that. It because it wasn't heated. Yeah. Wow. Or the woman didn't know what he meant. Because I'm being clear. I'm being clear. I didn't mince my words. What? What? She's reinforcing womanese. That's why women will often joke around and say, I had to tell him a thousand times. When I hear women joke and make that quip, I know right away they're speaking womanese. Because if you're speaking manese, he comprehends time number one. Mm. Okay, so give us an example. Right. I'm, I'm going to give you the example of my sister. This was years ago. So she 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 took my advice. and She was very specific because I, I feel like I'm I, I think, you know, I've had this conversation. I'm a little bit of a I have I've lived in my masculine energy because <laughs> I like direction. I like to be clear. I, I That's I'm not a you know, I, I, I kind of function. I think my brain functions more direct. like men. I didn't say clear. So I think yeah, we're clear. Yeah, so I didn't Sorry. say clear is a characteristic, it's direct, which we so direct in our communication. So I, I think I, I oftentimes will uh, speak in a more direct way. I like communication that way. I don't really, you know, can't really peel back the onion and figure out what people are saying if they're not being direct with me either. So I do feel like I kind of think that way. So I'm going to ask you to um, play out the circumstance yeah, uh, let's use a, let's use a COVID nineteen circumstance. Well, let's right now. let's just use the person who was it you were talking about? Where my sister, my sister Tina, sister. and the birthday. Yeah, 
Yes. So first of all, she, depending on how long they've been married, she may have been operating from the love line number eight. He should already know, right? For sure, hundred so percent. So then, no request is made because he should already know. Then no request is made because we imply and infer. Like she may have said, "Wow, I would really love to do something different for my birthday this year." Oh, wow, I really love to go to a destination for my birthday. Like dropping hints, implying and inferring. Instead of saying, would you, that's how you start a request in love mm. relationships. Would you, and then you put in a clear, a, a direct action, or would you, will you, or would you? And it's a request. It is not a covert command. I love we, that. We don't make pure requests. A request can have a yes or no response. And oftentimes, because we become control freaks and freaks and and it has to be the way I said in the right way. And this is the only way. We're not really making a peer request where he gets to say yes or no. We are couching it as a deceptive question. He better do it the way I'm embedding inside the fake request. So I mean <laughs> a true request. Will you, would you, would you plan a birthday party for me that has 30 of my friends at an elegant offsite location? And I will give you all the specifics so that you know exactly what I want. Would you be willing to do that? And then men, because they haven't been taught to lie for fear of someone's feelings being affected in a certain way, they speak the truth. And so if it doesn't work for him, he'll say no, or he might have a counter offer. Well, yes, if you have one other friend that will help me with it. A lot of times if we get a no, we go into girl mode and we start to pout instead of come back with a counter offer. We're not used to counter offering. Well, let's keep playing the scenario out. So, so, so we're, we're in a time of, so what would the counter offer look like? Well, in this it's case, like, uh, I don't have any money. Or I don't have the time. Or what if he comes up with an excuse? Well, for, let's, we need, we did remind it, rewind it. Okay. First of all, we never even made it to a request because she's operating from, he should already know. So For the sure. request never got made, or if it was made, it wasn't a true request and it was embedded as a fake request. I'm talking about your what, perfect request that you just, that you just did your perfect request. Now you, we're not used to making the request. We're definitely not used to the counter offer. So I'm saying play the counter offer conversation out oh, as well. Cause you so perfectly played say, out the, yeah, so the request. I just did. So let's say she says, I'd like something off site with 30 friends or whatever. And, you know, would you be willing to plan that for me for my, you know, 50th birthday? And he says, no. Now, usually it's a no. And if it's a true request, whether something's asked of us and we want to definitely have the space to say yes or no. However, because we have these real immature communication patterns we bring to our relationships that when a man comes back and says, no, we take it as a personal affront. And I can't believe you said, never mind. And we kick into that, that mode. Instead of saying, well, what would work better? Oh, well, if you have a friend assist me, I'm willing to do it. Oh, okay, great. So if you get a no, come back with another request. But mm. we don't do that. We don't make one in the first place. He better say yes. He has no space to say no. We get funky if he says no. And then we it, it descends from there. It devolves from there. So these things sound so simple, but they're not happening in the way I'm describing. They're not happening in the way you're describing. I am sure. I am sure of that for sure. Um, I, I love. I, I love that. Now, the other thing I heard you say earlier were the type of women that often come to you, and I've and I've been in some of your sessions, and I've heard ninety percent of the boss chicks, as you call us, uh, these boss ladies. They often um, have too much. We'll call it masculine energy, or they. You. You. you can you? Yeah. Share again about oh, this. it's excessive. It's excessive. So let's talk about that and, and how so people ma masculine, um, masculine energy is not a bad thing. So I'm not here to beat it up or demonize it or villainize it. But in the love relationship space, in the marriage space, which is a very particular kind of domain and interaction space, excessive masculine energy when a woman is activating and utilizing and running through her system excessive amounts of masculine energy, it will work against her in a major, major way because it's chemistry. What attracts is 
masculine and feminine poles represented by the electron and the proton or the positive charge and the negative charge, they have a natural electromagnetic draw. So if the woman's bringing overly masculinized energy, proton-like energy, and the man already inherently possesses the proton energy, then they repel each other instead of being drawn to each other. So what happens when we leave the domains where the excessive masculine energy works, we need to draw on it, it produces results, it's how you roll in the workplace, higher education, military, athletic field, and then you shift into this domain, but you don't release the excess male energy and leave it at the door like a, an overcoat that you needed to wear out in the cold. You walk mm. outside the threshold of your house. You don't keep walking around inside the house 72 degrees with the coat on. It's excessive. So we need to take that male energy and hang it on the front door. We go back out to those other domains, put it back on, but we never take it off. Mm. And it repels the masculine energy that's already running through and possessed by men. And so when we hear a man say, you're too independent, or you need to just sit down and relax, or you don't seem like you need a man, that's code because men don't have the language of, oh, you're running too much masculine energy. But that's what they're saying. And, and masculine energy is like arrows, right? Coming out, moving straight toward you. So if you have all this coming at you, you can't even see a way to make a contribution. And so many men with us successful chick types don't see how to contribute to us and mm. and because we're so self-sufficient and capable and energetically there's a repulsion going on and that's not even mental that's electromagnetics that's beyond wow. your mental decision and so um so a lot of women have been experiencing that response from men, the commentary or attract, but not keep. And they're like, oh, I don't understand what's going on. Then they make it about the men as I a way love to that. try to understand the patterns. I love that. I think Miss Duhart has a question as well. Yes. So I'm gonna ask her to take her camera, to turn her camera back on um, because she and I are both those women. She and I are both, I think we, we figured out how to um, how to soften our edge, how to take that uh, mask, how to lessen that masculine energy. Um, right. Honey's so gracious. And we both talk about needing these men's men. So what's your question, Ms. Duhart? I guess I, the challenge is that I, I, I realized the need to, you know, to do what you said. But I think for me internally, and I, I guess I don't know what, what triggers it. Wait, do doing that. Meaning, doing what I said, meaning what? When you said about, you know, leaving the, the masculine energy at the door and, and you know, I, I for me, for some reason, and maybe in my upbringing, it, it, it brings to me a feeling of weakness and vulnerability, like, like taking off that coat somehow. And, and, and maybe, like I said, something internally that it just makes me feel vulnerable and weak in that environment with the man. And I, I, guess my, and I want to overcome it. I know that it's something I need to do, but how do I? overcome the feeling of I guess being naked. Ah, <laughs> the coat, not all your clothes. So I know, but I understand it. That's what it feels like. But, but right, because you have a belief, my darling, that has you feeling like you have no clothes on. And all I said is take off the extra heavy coat because it's 72 degrees in the house. Okay. So how we start to uncover the beliefs that are informing our behavior, which then inform our being and how we're showing up, is we look at the associations that we have with certain things. Like you said, wow, that's interesting, Debrina. You said take off the coat. And I went to like feeling naked and feeling unsafe. And I'm like, well, that's so fascinating. So stepping more into your natural feminine energy, you've now created a negative association. Oh, well, that's interesting. How else is that showing up in your life? And then where did that association come from? Did you see it? Did you hear things where you made that conclusion? Did you try to make sense of things at an age where you were first getting imprints about male-female interactions and you said, oh, you can never let your guard down. And then where did that come from? So that, that's why in Love Academy 201, we actually do some healing work because these Beliefs don't just because we're aware of them get replaced. 
just because we're aware of them, if we've even done that work, doesn't mean our knowing them makes them evaporate, be gone. The grip is still there. The internal emotional response is still there. The physiology of being aware and on guard, and I got to protect myself because now I feel vulnerable and something could happen. All that is still right there. So you got to release, clean out and reprogram yourself with some very different beliefs that give you a different association. Otherwise you will be ready for battle subconsciously, physiologically tight muscles, fists, grip, heart not open. And so many of us for various reasons have that posture, single mothers especially, because you had to take on far extra and you had to activate masculine energy and feminine energy and your feminine never got a chance to come up because so much of making it had to be the masculine, not only single mothers, I'm just saying that can be one of the um, byproducts of having to move through that single motherhood journey. Um, so I think that's good that you recognize that. And now you want to keep peeling the onion back to say, Hmm, where did I get that linkage? Where did I get that association? Where did I get stepping more into my feminine, which is my natural state, because that is the kind of energy that mainly fills my being. God put it there. I didn't decide it. When did that become an unsafe thing for me to operate in my natural energy? Huh? Because then you'll resist it if you have negative association with it. And it will keep creating major friction and conflict and breakdown in your relationships. Mm, I love that. That makes sense? It does. It makes perfect sense. Yeah. yeah. Or here's the other thing, y'all. My God. When we have this overly masculinized energy, guess what dynamic kicks in very quickly in our relationships? Mother-son. We don't have, neither, neither one of us have children. So I don't think we, we don't even know what that looks like or feels like, to be honest. Uh, well, uh, if you have overly masculinized energy. Yeah, there's been the fragrance of that in your love mm -hmm. relationships. You don't have to have kids. Right, right. Yeah, you start right. to kick into the dynamic of mother yes. son instead yes. of lovers. So, so like you I said, I can say, I can all the time. Ugh. Yes, yes. Thank you. I could I could definitely say in in my space, I don't even the idea of having children, that whole concept, um, it seems so foreign to me. But and here, I think here, yes. let me real quickly say what I mean by that is mm -hmm. we start to be overdoing, which is imbalance. I can hear what you said. Overlay what? Overdoing. Oh. Okay. Trying to fix and correct. Okay. Sometimes smothering, not empowering but doing four, okay? I'm talking about those dynamics. Okay, okay, now that 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 definitely when you're when you're a boss chick as you call it, when you're a, a woman who's who's heavily leaned on her masculine energy, I would say overdoing is a thing. Would you agree, Sean? I mean, because I think you do, so you don't because there's no needs. I got this, right? For you, yes, you do overdo, but. <laughs> Wait, 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 wait. Let, let me be clear. Let me be clear. In Orlando, in Orlando, I could not, when I did, listen, if I was throwing a party for someone, I was the queen of overboard and extra. And that's a whole nother conversation, uh, right? A whole nother conversation. Um, but yes, Ms. Duhart, the concept of, does any of what she just said kind of resonate with you? This concept of uh, potentially I overdoing? I see it. I, 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 it's, yes. Wide open, I see it. Yes, I agree. And by boss chick, I don't mean that <clears throat> if you have excessive amounts of masculine energy or boss chick. What I mean by boss chick is the highly accomplished, smart, achieved woman. Yes. Okay. Which is a lot of the women that all of us know. What tends to accompany that is the overly masculinized. So I don't want it to automatically mm -hmm. link boss chick to overly masculinized. Boss chick is the successful, capable, smart a highly competent chick Absolutely. runs her own business or she's a director, a manager, a supervisor, that type. Absolutely. Yeah. So you you mentioned a couple of things. So can we go back to those things? I think if you talk about Love Lies and Love Academy, you oh. mentioned overdoing. I heard you say uh, you, your fingers went, you, you said a few other things. What was that? Oh, uh, trying to fix. Mm -hmm. Let's talk a little bit more about that one. I get overdoing. 
What does that look like and trying to fix? How are you fixing the trying to fix and the overdoing? AKA nagging. Oh, oh, trying to fix the person. Oh, not accepting them for who they are. Hmm. Uh, thoughts, Miss Duhart? We, we think we are, but look, trust me, I have, I have all men in mentality and the number one common shared sentiment is feeling inadequate. And the men that do mentality with me are the fine, gorgeous, accomplished, educated, real men. And they're saying inadequacy, feeling inadequate. Tell us like more. They never measure up. Like no matter what they do, a woman is not satisfiable. So regardless of what so, we think, there's the experience of us. It's very different. So then break that down. Let's go there to how, how, how do we make sure we're, we're lovingly uh fixing what you just described well let's take fixing out but like i say to the people men, experience us differently let me put it that way yeah men are experiencing us as hard as hell differently than we I hard as hell please um so and one of the reasons is because we're looking for something from them and we often haven't done our own work so then we treat men like spackle. We got holes. I need you to fill my holes. I need something from you. I need to get you to give me something. You have something I need. And it's really because we haven't done our own work. So that's why in Love Academy, I talk about not just self-love, but high level self-love. Self-love is not enough. If you want a healthy love relationship, if you want juicy relationships and marriages, deeply satisfying and fulfilling on both parts. So. Self-love, we left, we left that behind miles ago. It's high-level self-love. And as I say to the men in mentality, I said the easiest woman to love is a woman who's connected to her own joy. She knows it's over here. She consciously and intentionally connects to it. And she's operating from high-level self-love, which also means high-level body esteem. That's the woman it's easiest to love because she's not looking for anything from you. She is able to offer, share, and contribute to you. That's very few women. And the hardest woman to love is the one who has holes in her spirit, esteem, never been healed, projecting onto you all these expectations that never get communicated and are misplaced anyway. So the, the, the neuroses going on in our relationships and our marriages is just wrought with the love lies, riddled with the love lies, Tracy. Mm, mm, I love it. I cannot believe how fast this session goes. It is 344, and I know you need to drop at 345. So Sean and I are going to talk about some of the I can do one lessons. more question. Oh, Sean, would you like to, would you like to propose one? Based on what you're saying, you know, the overdoer, the all the have you, how do you, is it possible to rectify that and, and be in a, in a healthy relationship with the, with the, with the current partner? I'm, I'm up overdue. for juicy, not just healthy. I'm up for okay. juicy. That's what okay. I teach. Juicy, which is beyond just happy and beyond just healthy. Okay. okay. So, um, that's why the Love Academy is still going on. I started this in 09. You know how many things start in 09 that died in 2010, 2011? 11 years later, I'm still doing Love Academy. Why? Because one, it's a new paradigm. It is not just how to, seven steps, eight ways, do this, don't do this. We already have enough of that cliche commentary already. Go to a talk show. What does the therapist tell the women? Read a book. What is it focusing on? So this is a complete departure from all that. I'm challenging the very beliefs and the undergirding of our pop culture approach to love relationships and marriage because Christian marriages aren't working 1% better than non-Christian marriages. So we don't get to pop the collar and say, well, Christian marriages, no, save 51%, worse in the world divorce rate. There's at least, and I you know, don't have a chance to track every graduate, at least 51 new marriages and counting. There's dating coaches that can't even claim those numbers. 51 new marriages at least. People got back to me, sent me wedding invitations, showed me wedding pictures. For women who came into Love Academy wanting to enter into a new paradigm and not aspire into love relationships and marriage operating from the love lies, they already could look around and see what that got us. And so those who may not be 
aspiring towards marriage, but they want to experience being dated, juicy dating. Okay, I teach them to bring us modern courtship principles, very different than our commonly held understanding of beliefs about dating. So absolutely positively, it works brilliantly. That's why all my students said, Brenda, you gotta write a book. We all can't make it to a love academy. And it's been offered in 25 cities, hundreds of graduates, um, renewed marriages for those already in marriage. Um, so absolutely it works. And that's well, how mentality got started. I'm like, God, this is amazing. My mind's being blown. What do you have for the men? Nothing. Well, can you make something? Okay. It keeps working. And it is working. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There's hope. There's hope. Yes. I think that's what you say. Is there hope? Yes. So much of it. Not inside the love wise paradigm. There's just more insanity over there. Come on over to a different paradigm. I love it. So go ahead and recap for us. I know it's Saturday, October 3rd and 10th, but give us the details again, please. Yes, 9 to 12 a.m. Pacific time, both days for people on the West Coast and 12 to noon. Um, and uh, folks need to go to milliondollarmentor.net and right on the homepage, they will see the big, beautiful graphic. Click and it will take you to all this fabulous information, testimonies, what you're going to receive, what we're going to cover. Um, you get a bonus of my audio program called How Men Tick. They tick very differently than we do. Um, and also my seven juicy relationship principles. So all of it is at milliondollarmentor.net. I love it. It's Saturday, October 3rd and Saturday, October 10th, 9 a.m. to 12 noon if you're on the Pacific Coast. And it's noon to 3 p.m. if you're in, on the East Coast. You got it. I'm in. And we're going to bring you back after... The sessions and 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 we'll talk about the things we learned sean are you in i'm in <laughs> we're in so we're gonna come back and we're gonna be singing all kind of different songs Let about me this just say this last bit yes ma'am because people are always skeptic that haven't you know been doing my transformational work and all my courses and programs and the love relationship stuff is just one lane in my multi-lane highway right um I have two women that are the oldest graduates of Love Academy. One was 68 when she took Love Academy, widow, married one time to one man who died before her, obviously, of cancer. Another woman who was 72 when she took it. Her husband, they'd been married only that, that marriage 50 years, he died of cancer. And just to give you an example of when you detox from the love lies and step into this new paradigm, both of those women, one black, one white, are now remarried in juicy, juicy second marriages over 65 years old, both of them. Because oftentimes we think, oh, if I'm young, then this can happen for me. So if someone is over 72, I'll say, I don't know. But if you're 72 or younger, I say, I have seen it. I have witnessed it. Just to give you an example. Well, I can I can also testify that you're amazing. Do you have any final thoughts, uh, Ms. Duhart, before Debrina has to, 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 to leave us? No, thank you. And I look forward to the class. <laughs> it's more than, it's a workshop. It's, a, it's, a, it's it basically, workshop. it feels like, so I've done a few, I'm only joking, but I've done like a few, several sessions. I'm in, in Debrina's Juicy Woman University. And it's basically a brain detox. It's basically, a, what do you call, how do you talk about brain? Good, that's good, I like that, brain detox. So so just real quick, I know you gotta go, but just tell us real quick about Juicy Woman University, because what you described is, you said in order to have a juicy, healthy relationship, you have to be whole in yourself. And I thought I came into the situation whole. I was just writing some books and thought, oh, let me see what I can learn from Debrina. I'm a better woman now than ever feeling the holes and feeling amazing. So what would you share with people about Juicy Woman University as well? The next, what would you just share about that? Well, quickly, the same way that I'm talking about a different paradigm and to get to that different paradigm, you got to elevate. Okay. It's a different realm. Okay. So it's, where is it? Where is it? It's up. It's not left and right. It's not backward. It's up. Same thing with Juicy Woman University. It is a completely different paradigm than the one we were socialized 
and trained into, which gives us ripping and running, efforting, busyness, overwhelm and overdoing, dry, depleted woman. I'm talking about a different paradigm. And where is it elevated above the one we received or received gender racially passed down from the women? So I'm talking about a completely different realm where the outcomes and experiences are deeper joy, ease, peace, and flow. That is not the experience of most women, but as a juicy woman, it's her norm. So that's a new paradigm as well. And again, milliondollarmentor.net under courses. Registration is not open for the 21, 2021 class yet, but women can get on the wait list. Half the women always re-sign up again, which is, a, which is a crazy statistic. You don't have a course and half the women sign up again for a year-long life transformation course. It's that deep and profound and life-changing. I got to set aside 50% 50, uh, 50 of the seats just for my returning students. So all at Debrina, all at milliondollarmentor.net on the front or under courses, it's all there. We okay, love you, Debrina. Thank you. I got to <laughs> Go get your data. Thank you so much, Davina Jackson Gandy. We will see you in Love Academy. Yes, honey. October 3rd and October 10th. Bye. Okay, Miss, Miss, uh, we got eight minutes left. I just want to kind of recap and get your thoughts about some of the things I wrote down. So one of the things she said really aligns with what you said, Miss Duhart. H-S-A-K, he should already know. That's huge. That's a lesson for everybody, right? He should not already know. You need to tell him. Most of them don't know. <laughs> and we're all different so what worked for her might not work for me you know what i'm saying exactly but this idea the th this th this is true but this concept of mm -hmm. he should not already know this concept of you saying you should know yourself you should know your desires your wants and you should clearly communicate that to your partner that's we would all agree with that one yes i agree and they change so when it changes you have to let them know we're all growing and evolving what I wanted yesterday, I might not want today. Mm, I love that one. Yeah. I love, love, love that. That's beautiful. Then the other thing she said that I love was she was talking about how we speak to each other as women, speaking womanese, implying, dropping hints versus speaking in the way that this is the men, men are from Mars, women are from Venus kind yep. of concept, right? Where yep. men want us to be direct and they want actions. Yeah. You I would agree. agree with that? Would you? Is there I anything agree. else That's you would add? You have to let them know. You have to tell them what you what you what you want, what you desire, and you and have to be direct. You can say, "I kind of want this. I might want this." You have to specifically say it. You can't hold him accountable for the, a maybe. You have to be direct. Yeah. I, I love that she said, "Ask the question, not hinting." That means, would you or will you? When you said you can't hold someone accountable because you haven't even asked the question, Hint, hinting mm -hmm. is not asking a question. Very it's true. not putting someone on um, basically notice, right? If things aren't going well, I'm just going to put it out there. Most of us are in, 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 in good relationships. I'd say mine is really good and I'm grateful and it's getting better and better every day. I mean, honestly, we got, you know, that, that's all I can say. But no matter where you are, like she talks about levels, you can always get better. You can always do more. We can always, right, do more as individuals and as couples. So she, when she talked about being specific and you just said, we all change. Yes. Right. We all change. And so we got to communicate. We, we got to communicate. She said using the would you or the will you. Then she talked about taking off that heavy coat, Miss Duhart, taking off that heavy coat, not declothing completely. But when we walk into the house, what, what we need to survive and to thrive in corporate America, what we need to thrive in our businesses, that masculine energy, right, that we that we use, that we need in, in corporate America. She basically said. You know, take that off when you walk in the house, women. Yeah. Right? You need to take take it. Don't de don't completely declothe and become vulnerable. But that heaviness, that that yeah. energy that that's gonna cause friction. What are your thoughts about that? Are you are you 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 taking it off? You you ready to? I totally agree with that. That makes plenty sense to me. Yeah, but it's hard to do. You know, because you you spend more time at work than you do at home. You know what I'm saying? You you the majority of your day awake is at, at in, in corporate america so you know you it's hard to do 
You know, and, and can I just tell you, because I have been doing some of, yes, I agree, 150%. I'm so excited about Love Academy. Again, I feel like I'm in a good place, a great place, and looking forward to be even even better place. So I think I think women, the, the recommendation to go to this, to, 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 to lean into Love Academy, two Saturdays out of your life, uh, three hours, two Saturdays, clearly worth an investment. There's no, I don't think anyone could have listened to this conversation with Debrina and thought, hmm. It's probably nothing I can get from her, right? You you can hear that she's been doing this for decades. So she's bringing some clearly valuable content. And so what what I love about that is, you know, we all have an opportunity to elevate. Do you love that word when you just hear it? Doesn't it it get you excited? It does. Elevate. You're not broken. Nope. We want to elevate. We all want to get to that next level. I love it. She also talked about those of us who overdo, who who, who, um, try to fix exactly opportunities for us to, um, figure out how to more lovingly accept our men for who they are. And I think it takes the weight off of us. That gives you some freedom to put that energy into you. Why you, why you trying to fix somebody? Fix yourself. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. 100% agree. You Honestly, and I think we know you can't fix anyone else. I think Oprah recommended a book years ago, and it was called How to um, How to Improve Your Marriage Without Saying a Word. It's not really about what you say. It's about what you do. You mirror. He's going to mirror whatever you bring to the table. So when she talks about bringing your, 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 your tapping into your feminine energy, just by you doing that, his actions are going to be different. You don't have to say a word. You just, you are different. You're your best self. You're elevating who you are, and that's going to change the relationship by default. The last thing I, she, she, she said, and we got one minute left, was um, about the high level of self-love, where you're deeply satisfied in yourself. So continuing to elevate that, because I think we most, we all kind of believe that. Um, but being able to tap into your own inner joy is also another beautiful thing. Sean, with less than a minute left, any, any final words that you want to share with, um, say your niece? Someone who's newly in relationships, what what final words would you say is something you wish you knew that you now know and you would wish for every woman listening? Uh, love yourself, you know what I'm saying? And, and speak your truth and, and ask for what you want. But you have to first figure out what it is that you want. You know, and at, at 18, 19, 20, 25, I didn't know. All I wanted was a degree and a good job, you know? I didn't spend, I didn't put the time and energy into figuring out what I wanted in a mate because like I was under the pretenses that he already knew what he needed yes. to do. Perfect. You know? All right. Well, this is, this is amazing. We will have you back. We're going to both do Love Academy together. This is Tracy yes. Harrell and it is so much bigger than me, Sean. This was fun. It was. I think so too. <laughs> Thank you. Bye. Bye.